We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie DPFL. It's Friday. It's November 10th. It is 2023. We have nine NBA games to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my buddy Kyle Murray. You may know him in the DFS streets as K Murray DFS. No, he's not Kyler Murray. He's not playing for Arizona this weekend. Uh, your boy's back, though. Um, you'll get a bunch more tweets. You know how that works. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he has a good return there because you know I, I get a couple of uh, hate hate tweets going back a couple of years. So uh, hopefully none of that. But yeah, looking forward to seeing his return and excited to talk some hoops with you. Oh yeah, did you uh, did you get your DFS uh, college basketball women's in tonight and play Caitlin Clark? She had forty four points, eight rebounds, six assists. Uh, just a massive game. So yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a stuff. I did not play any uh, college. I didn't even know that was. Uh, it's not a thing. I was. Okay. It was. It was me being sarcastic and just wanting to point out the fact that like she scored forty four points and like she would have scored a gazillion fantasy points yeah. if uh, we could have played her. She's a baller. That's for sure. That's for sure. Um, I tweeted out that you're all welcome for me saving you from watching this Thursday night football game. So um, thanks for joining us for this nine game NBA slate. Hope everyone's having a fantastic Thursday. What's up, Yeezy? What up, Richie? Uh, nine games. We're going to jump right in. We're going to get into breaking down these games and uh, starting with the game that we just watched. Uh, again, I should mention this is the – so it's Friday. So in-season NBA tournament Tuesdays and Fridays. This is in-season NBA tournament day. Uh, so these games matter for these teams. Uh, so, yeah, we – we saw last Friday that like rotations kind of slimmed down a little bit and like teams are definitely going to take this serious. I think there's some money incentives uh, for players and for teams for this tournament. So Charlotte at Washington, 241 and a half total here. Uh, Washington, a two point favorite on the Charlotte side. Bridges, Martin, Nick Lakina, and Rogier out. Washington's good to go as of the night before. 
Starting here with Charlotte first, uh, we just watched LaMelo Ball have a fantastic game in the same spot. Little to no defense played in that game, and just back and forth, back and forth, up and down. We get two of the fastest teams, two of the worst defensive teams. You hope this time Charlotte keeps it close, but, I mean, I'm going right back to the well on LaMelo and this game as a whole. Yeah, it should be a pretty good one for uh, for fantasy purposes. And like you mentioned with uh, no Rozier there, we saw kind of the benefits of that and what that is able to do for LaMelo Ball. I mean, last last night was the, uh, the kind of the perfect ce- uh, ceiling perspective from his usage perspective, 36% usage, 34 actual points. The game before that, obviously the 30-point triple-double against Dallas, which is a tough matchup. So, yeah, we know what LaMelo can do, and it was good because he was uh, – I've seen some hate for Lamelo on Twitter before those two games. Obviously, Rozier being out is going to help, but good for him to you know have a couple of monster games and silence some of the uh, the critics there. Big Lamelo fan, obviously, really good matchup here. Washington hasn't really been able to stop anybody, um, and and yeah, that, that's pretty much the the main priority for me for for this game. Like, I, I do think Lamelo is going to be a pretty you know top end uh, spend up option in terms of some guys a little bit down the board on Charlotte. PJ Washington, I think, is usually in play for me on most slates, but you know this is a Pretty expensive price tag, sixty seven hundred. I do like him. He's a he's a good permanent guy. That I don't think really usually gets a ton of uh, ownership, so I, I do tend to like him. But probably won't get to him a ton of that price. Uh, Brandon Miller has had a couple of uh, you know th- I think three straight games of thirty plus minutes. We haven't really seen him produce though, like like that top five draft pick that we hope that he can turn out to be. So I do think that for the most part, uh, it's it's mainly going to be Lamella Ball uh, from Charlotte for me. Yeah, Mark Williams got in foul trouble the other night. Um, I could see him having a bounce back game here in the same spot. If he can stay out of foul trouble, like he per minute wise was fantastic in that game. He just got into some foul trouble um, and saw his minutes just kind of dip. So I think, you know, maybe taking some shots on him. I'm with you on PJ Washington. I think he he was cheaper on FanDuel. I don't have FanDuel up in front of me. Um, So I think it's LaMelo. I don't think I want to play Gordon Hayward at 7,100. I think that we're going to find some better options in this price range. So I think LaMelo Williams and in large field tournaments, Brandon Miller, um, I still like the overall ceiling. He just hasn't shown it yet. So LaMelo's nine one on FanDuel, by the way. So pretty good price tag over there. I was talking about um, PJ Washington. He was, he was like 59, I think 58. Yeah. 62 on, uh, on FanDuel. It's still not a, it's not a huge, it's not big enough of a like savings. You want more. All right. uh, Washington side of this game. I think I'm officially done with Jordan Poole. Um, I just, he is just, he's been awful. Um, I like Kyle Kuzma. Definitely going back to the well on him. He had 20 points in the first half the other night. Uh, Ended up with like 33 and 50 actual fantasy points. I think Kuzma is the guy I want the most here from Washington. And Gafford got in foul trouble the other night as chalk burned a lot of people. I like the idea of going back to Daniel Gafford in this spot. Um, those are the two main targets for me on Washington. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you with the pool of frustration. I, I do think, though, if you want to be contrarian, and if you were someone that was high on pool coming into the year, this is a good spot to you know hope for that bounce back. It is you know, a really good matchup. I know we just had the same matchup a couple days ago um, by the time a lot of people are going to be listening to this, but um, and he didn't have a good game. He's only had one game with 25 plus actual points. He's been really, really bad. I mean, there's just, there's no way to really sugarcoat it or, or beat around the bush, but the, the thesis behind wanting to play pool, it would be that a lot of people were really high on him coming into the year because of this role that he should have. Um, and it's not like he's had no usage. He has a 30% usage rate, 29 and percent usage rate on the year. So it has been there. But he has just been really bad, so I totally get the frustrations. And there's going to be other guys in this price range, and you know, don't mind preferring Kuzma over uh, Pools because he's gotten it done more. But that's just kind of the the devil's advocate play of Jordan Poole there at 7,200. Um, I like your call call out there on Gafford. You know, we know what he can do when he gets the minutes. Um, you know, 30 minutes a couple games ago with 33 DK points. That's kind of the upside that you're you're getting. You know, about that per minute uh, production for Gafford. I also like Tyus Jones here as well. Um, you know, obviously the last game was a little bit of a of a weird spot for minutes for a lot of these guys, but um, Tyus Jones, you know, he he's also sort of been a little bit under. You know, I, I I had a lot of expectations for Tyus Jones coming into the year, similar to Poole, right? Like I think these are two guys who are finally getting their their shot at being you know a, a starting guard on their team, and you know Tyus Jones got off to a good start to start the year, two three decent games in a row, and he's really kind of tapered off. So 
Um, the price tag I still think is pretty good though here on Jones at five five and a good matchup against Charlotte. Yeah, the minutes were really weird um, for Washington because they really didn't bring a lot of people back um, in that game when it was kind of out of hand. So um, if you're kind of expecting a closer game, you know, Jones and those guys should get more minutes. Jordan Poole, um, who man, tilting for sure. All right, Philadelphia at Detroit is where we go next. 221 total in this game. Philly, a eight-point favorite. Half of Detroit out again. Bogdanovich, Burks, Harris, Ivy, Livers, Morris. Um, Philadelphia is good to go as far as the injury report is concerned. Uh, let's start here with the 76ers. I mean, Maxi, I keep saying that I feel like he's too priced and he just keeps producing over 45 fantasy points now in four of the last five games. Um, we know the, the ceiling that Embiid brings on a nightly basis. What are your thoughts here on Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, obviously a really good spot here for Embiid, but um, the price tag is up on on both sites, but especially over there on uh, on FanDuel, 12-2. That's a big price tag. So obviously we'll figure it out more once we get closer to you know lineup building time and, and lock, but it might be difficult to get him into lineups. And if so, you know it could be a good spot to take advantage of, of Maxi here, uh, 25% usage rate on the year. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's, it's pretty much going to be those two guys, uh, and that's it's kind of been the case for the Sixers the majority of the year. Um, Maxi's been producing really well, 1.26 uh, DK points per minute. And then obviously Embiid, we know what he's been doing, uh, 1.83 and a 38% usage for Embiid. So uh, the main the main focus, the main priority for me from these Sixers is going to be those top two guys. Um, taking a shot on a guy like Oubre, you know, isn't too bad here uh, in this kind of matchup and this kind of game script. Um, you know, Detroit, they like to push the push the pace. They have a couple of turnover friendly guys that might, you know, benefit some wings like Kelly Oubre there. So um, don't mind taking stabs at him. But it's probably nothing that I'm going overboard on. Detroit side of this game, I think going back to the well on Hayes and Sasser. I mean, everyone still out here for Detroit. So these guys seem to be pretty, pretty good minutes wise. Like we saw Hayes have another good game. Sasser had a good game the other night as well against Milwaukee. He took 17 shots um, in that Milwaukee game. That was the most he's taken all season. We saw a nice usage uptick for um, Marcus Sasser in that game. So I think that is really good to see. I still think Cade Cunningham, uh, like I want his price to come down. I I know like the ceiling is the potential for the ceiling is there. I just don't think like we're going to see nightly 50 point games from him. Like we saw the other night. Um, And then, I, I really think this is a tough spot for Duren, um, you know, trying to match up with Embiid, <laughs> Embiid potentially getting in the foul trouble here. So I think just looking at uh, the wing and guard positions for me for Detroit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that on, on Duren here. You know, he's been fantastic as a rebounder this year, um, but, you know, this is a really tough spot for him against Embiid. So probably not getting too overboard there. Um, don't mind Isaiah Stewart, though. 5-4 on DraftKings, 5-5 on FanDuel. You can play him at power forward or center on both sides. So I don't mind Stewart, uh, but I do agree for the most part, uh, these guards and these wings are so where the most of the interest is going to fall for me. Um, Thompson, I mean, talking about being good on the glass, this guy has just been outstanding as a rebounder. He now has four games with 10 plus rebounds already. And he's technically a shooting guard. I know he's playing a lot of three for this team, but you know, he's been, he's just been awesome as a rebounder. Uh, another guy's done a good job at racking up some stocks. He's, He's not a very good shooter. Uh, I know I saw some some t- uh, Twitter clips of you know him getting trolled because of a few air balls that he had uh, early on in the season. So uh, you're not you're not expecting a ton of point production from him, but he can fill up the stat sheet. So Thompson's a guy that I don't mind. Cade, his price is down to 8K on Fanduel. Um, I think that price is pretty cheap for a guy who we know is going to have a 32 percent usage or higher. You know, with guys like Ivy and Burks off the floor. I know you have some guys like Sasser who can come in and get some shots up as well. But for the most part, we should be expecting a ton of usage for Kate Cunningham here. Um, 30% usage or higher in all, but uh, two games so far this season. And over the last five games, he's had 31% usage rate or higher. So he's definitely scoring right now. He's definitely getting a lot of shots up. So I, I do like Kate quite a bit tonight. I could see him having a big game. Like you just, he's not like household name yet, but like, as a young player, he's shown that like he has a big ceiling and he has a ton of upside and you're just, you're iffy to play the price, but when you do, um, you, you know, the upside and ceiling is there. Yeah. Brooklyn at Boston, 224 total Boston, a 10 and a half point favorite Claxton and Cam Thomas out. Ben Simmons questionable. 
Boston good to go. Uh, let's go to Brooklyn here first. Man, I've just I, I've been playing Dinwiddie and I've been playing Dinwiddie and it hasn't been working. And I might finally be out on Dinwiddie um, as well. We saw um, Bridges like he had an okay game. We were, definitely were expecting a little bit more for him, but the guy that really kind of stepped up the other night, like rebounding front, was like Finney Smith, and he's definitely secure in his minutes. But I don't know what his ceiling even looks like. Um, a really tough team overall to figure out right now is the Brooklyn uh, Nets. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, obviously you're dealing with uh, a team with a good amount of turnover when you look at their team from the start of last year to now, but also even just obviously when you're talking about a guy who had a 32% usage rate on the year in Cam Thomas, you have a lot of you know, usage being vacated there and then a lot of production, uh, whether it be rebounding or whatever it may be uh, with Dorian Finney-Smith there. So, uh, sorry, with uh, Nick Claxton there. And then um, obviously with Ben Simmons being questionable. So a lot of moving pieces here. Uh, the first thing that stands out to me is McCall Bridges. I think obviously this isn't a great matchup. Boston, not only were they good defensively last year, they arguably got better. I know they lost Marcus Smart, but they got Drew Holiday, who I, I think is an overall better player. I guess defense, you can sort of make a an argument there, but I just love McCall Bridges as a player. We saw last game, he didn't really do a whole lot scoring. He only had 10 points and he still posted 38 DK points eight rebounds, seven assists, two blocks, two steals. So he can just get it done in all sorts of ways. And now with a guy like Cam Thomas being out, that's a, a huge vacation of usage here. And a lot of that could go to McCall Bridges. So even though it's not a great matchup, I do think he could be one of those guys that sort of is in the mid-tier and gets sort of lost because of the matchup. But this is a really good spot for him if you consider just you know looking at his team and who is going to be missing there with uh, – with Cam Thomas out next name. I, I, I really like Lonnie Walker here in this spot as well. I know he's a little bit more priced up as well, but he's been scoring at a, you know, pretty, pretty impressive clip, 16 points per game off the bench. You know, he's probably going to be, be taking over as that next line scorer that Cam Thomas was sort of, uh, you know, having that role. And we saw Cam Thomas play games where he's playing 34, 35 minutes, despite coming off the bench, 32% usage rate. I'm not saying that Lonnie Walker's going to step in and take all of that, but you know, he's, He's been up there in terms of usage rate on the, on the season so far. He's actually second on his team, 26%. So if he gets up to 28, 30% usage rate, this is a guy that can definitely go out there and put up 25 real points. So Walker and Bridges, I like quite a bit. And then we'll see what the starting lineup looks like if uh, if Simmons is able to play or not. Um, but if he's out, um, you know, you're going to have a couple of big men that could potentially step in as uh, as value options here. Yeah, I mean, Cam Johnson might start. Um We'll, we'll have to kind of monitor. I think he'll be on a minutes limit coming back, but he is probable. He's not on the injury report. So uh, he was dealing with a calf injury, so they might be a little bit careful with him. So pay attention to that news because if he were to start and if they're going to give him like 25 minutes here, I, I could see using him in large field tournaments at his price. Uh, the Boston side of this game, tough team to figure out when you have four guys that can produce on a nightly basis. Uh, I mean, typically you can even say five guys because Derek White is another guy that can produce on a nightly basis. Um, what are your overall thoughts here on the Boston um, Celtics? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you kind of summed it up pretty well. They're tough to nail down just because, you know, it could really be – obviously Tatum's always going to be first in, in line in terms of pecking order. He has 30 – plus points in all but two games this year. And in one of the games where he didn't put up 30 points, uh, he had 15 rebounds and six assists. So Tatum is by far the safest producing player from Boston. No surprise there. Um, so he's always the first one I'm looking at. Jalen Brown, you know, he's had a couple of decent games this year. And he was he was really cheap on FanDuel, uh, I think in like the third game of the season. And he went off there against Washington. Um, but his price is sort of back up 7-6 now. I'm not overly, you know, excited about anyone on this team to be honest just because of you know the kind of the roles that you kind of mentioned that they're all kind of beating away at each other outside of Tatum I do think that the price is fine on Tatum you know he's he's kind of priced in the kind of the lamella ball tier which I do think is pretty interesting because I, I do think that although Tatum does have to deal with you know three other you know pretty strong producers on his team next to him he still has that, that same ceiling uh, and he's definitely a better player and a better producer when he's on uh, than the mellow ball. So I think Tatum is still definitely in play here in this price range. And I don't think a ton of people are going to get to him uh, because of a guy like the mellow ball, who I do think will attract a lot of attention with Rozier out. So uh, it's pretty much Tatum or bust for me for Boston. Do you know how many times Tatum's gone for 6X on DraftKings this year without looking? I would say two. 
Zero. Zero. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I just yeah. I noticed it earlier when I was looking at my research. It's like he's having fantastic games. He had like a he's had three or four like thirty actual point games and ten rebound like double double games and just there's just too much firepower on Boston in my opinion. Yeah. Like it's just that's the problem. Like production wise, fantastic, but. I mean, like Jalen Brown, when he gets hot, he'll shoot 25 times a night. Like, so I think Derek White might be the only guy that I would play from Boston. Maybe Drew Holiday, but I'm not going out of my way to roster Boston. I don't think Brooklyn keeps this game close. That's one of my biggest issues with this game as well, too. So um, just a game that I'll probably have very little ownership to. Utah at Memphis, 228.5 total. Memphis, a four and a half point favorite. Kessler out. Um, and then on the Memphis side, Adams, Clark, Morant, Rose, Tillman out. Concher questionable, starting with Utah. Um, we saw Kelly Olinick <laughs> till everyone in any, anybody that played DFS the other night. Uh, Kelly Olinick tilted you. I mean, even if you didn't play him, you tilted you. I uh, just he, he fouled everybody. Um, yeah. It was a bad game. It wasn't a good game. It was it was awful. Uh, we saw Keontae George draw a start. He's forty seven hundred after being thirty eight hundred. He was very chalky the other night. Um, I'm okay with people playing him. I, I don't think I want to play him. I think the price increase for me is enough. I think I want to continue to take shots on Jordan Clarkson, and I mean potentially going back to the well here on Kelly Olynyk. And hoping that he just stays out of foul trouble, getting a start here with Kessler being out. Or even if he doesn't start, I think if he stays out of foul trouble, plays 26-plus minutes. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is a, a pretty good spot to maybe have a short memory. Um, obviously, you, you look at the spot. You look at you know the player. Olenek's always been a guy who's produced when he gets the time. You know, Even this season, uh, in, a, in a backup, not even a backup role, almost evenly just a reserve role, he's averaging 21 DK points per game. That was one of his worst games of the year, despite him, you know, being in line for an increased role. And a lot of obviously due to foul trouble there. Um, yeah, that was the second worst game uh, on the season. So I think this is a good spot to just kind of have a, a short memory, forget about it and, and hope that he's able to, you know, see those uptick in minutes, because if he does do that, then he is going to see, you know, 25, 26 minutes, like you mentioned, kind of whether or not he starts, which I don't think it's a guarantee that he starts. They you know, were rolling Kessler off the bench at times, but uh, obviously with John Collins there, but you know, whether or not he starts, he can play, 24 to 26 minutes and this is a guy who can be a 1.2 fantasy point per minute guy um i like clarkson here as well i think he's going to be kind of a tournament play for me obviously coming off the big game he scored 33 points last game 45 dk uh that's kind of what you need for him to have a really big um dfs night you need him to score and he hasn't really been doing that a whole lot but i still like him here uh you know he is a guy who you know he can't get hot as a shooter i don't think a ton of people are going to get to him there um, and then same goes for John Collins, who I think theoretically he should see an uptick in terms of his uh, ceiling for minutes there. Obviously, last game was a little bit of a blowout, so maybe he lost some minutes there at the end of the game. I don't think that means you're going to see him play more minutes automatically because of the fact that um, Walker Kessler being out, but it just increases his ceiling there uh, and his, his range of outcomes. So I think those three names, Clarkson, Collins, and Olenek are my favorites. Uh, never mind anybody wanting to take a stab at Laurie Markkinen at lower ownership, but I think I just like mid-range options elsewhere. Uh, Memphis side of this game with Tillman being out. Um, I mean, Bismack Biombo is 4,900 now. Like the price was 5,100. He was 3K the first night it happened. Um, the minutes seem to be very secure. And just, I mean, he was one point away from having a double-double the other night against Miami. Like, is he someone that's worth a value play? Uh, we saw like Marcus Smart have a really solid game the other night. Uh, we know that like Triple J and Bain are like the two ceiling plays here. Um, and then Sante, like his minutes are increasing like enough for me to be very interested in him. Um, knowing that like he could play the five against like a Kelly Olynyk type and like maybe even draw like a thirty minute game here. So I think Sante um, is someone you you take shots on at forty eight hundred as well. Yeah, I think him and, and Biombo are both pretty strong uh, value plays here. You know, you mentioned Biombo played 30 minutes, Aldama 26, 27 minutes last game, uh, and 12.8 rebounds. Both of these guys have double 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 upside, even if they don't play a ton of minutes, just because they are you know good producers. Aldama's a little bit better of a scorer uh, than Biombo. Biombo probably more upside to you know fill up the 
rest of the stat sheet. I do think if it's a spot where maybe Biombo comes in extremely popular, maybe it could be a spot to sort of look for Aldama as a leverage play. And also uh, Aldama has power forward eligible eligibility. So maybe, maybe he's just easier to get in lineups just in general. Um, in terms of the FanDuel positioning, uh, beyond both center only and Aldama does have power forward and center eligibility. So maybe Aldama is just the guy who people play more because they can play him at power forward. But um curious to see where the ownership comes in. But I do think both of those guys, you know, are in pretty good spots here as value options. I, I like Desmond Bain again here. I know he didn't have a great game last time out. It was kind of the Jaron Jackson game where he uh triple J had 28 points, Bain only had 15. Um and he shot 16 times, but you know, he's had couple of games already this year uh, where he shot 25 plus times for for Bain so that's the kind of sin that you have with Bain um, and again I think he's going to be a pretty good mid-range play and you know I mentioned Larry Markin and Bain's a guy that I prefer over Markin in here 8500 I like him quite a bit but I do think for the most part the exposure is going to come with these value big men for Memphis. Um, Yeezy in chat says Luke Kennard 4300 potential play here I think 4,300 for Luke Kennard. He's played at least 27 minutes in three straight games. Um, I can see taking some shots on him. Seems to, I, I feel like he, he seems to be very, very correlated with like Contra being out and uh, Tillman being out. So like make sure, I think Contra being out would be um, something you kind of want to watch here for Memphis if you're going to take shots on Luke Kennard. But um, either way, I mean, he is cheap. It is a nine game slate. We're always looking for cheap value plays on a nine game slate. Minnesota at San Antonio, 225.5 total. Minnesota's six-point favorite, McLaughlin out. That's the only injury news that we have for this entire game. Um, Minnesota continues to impress on defense, and I think that San Antonio, you being a young team, that could really bite them in this game, and they might struggle to keep this game close. Um, what are your thoughts here on Minnesota? Yeah, you know, like you mentioned, good defensive team and, you know, Spurs we've seen have a couple of you know really impressive games but they've also sort of just you know not shown up to a couple so you know wouldn't be surprised to see this game get on hand I do think the Timberwolves are the better team right now um Anthony Edwards has just been fantastic over the past few games uh he now has three straight games with 50 plus DK points um 32 percent usage almost 33 percent usage rate on the year and assist rate is up over last year as well so he's sort of taking that next step uh, in terms of his role in the offense obviously you still have Cat there but uh, after that, you don't really have a lot of, you know, offensive dominated type players. You have Rudy Gobert, who's more of a defensive type player, uh, and he plays around the rim. But outside of that, it's going to be the, the Edwards and Cat show most nights. So, um, you know, I like Edwards here in this spot. If the game does get out of hand, I would assume that one of Edwards or Cat does play a big role in that. Uh, and I think the 9K price tag is one that could potentially go up. Uh, over the course of the year for Edwards, even up to, you know, 10K. So um, I don't mind, you know, getting in on Edwards here, but there's a there's plenty of other options here in this mid-range to where... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You don't need to go overboard on it, but he's just a guy that I do like and um, you know, not a ton of uh, not a ton of interest in terms of the rest of these guys. Um, Nas Reed's a guy who's 5K. His minutes have been okay. You know, he's a guy that we obviously all love to jam in the lineups when one of Cat or, or Rudy are out, and he's played 22 plus minutes in four of his last five. So, you know, don't mind that for, for Nas Reed. He's actually played 22 minutes in all but one game so far. So, you do need like a probably a, you know, 1.1, 1.2 fantasy point per minute night for him to, you know, for you to know, really feel good about that. But you know, he's more than capable of producing in limited time. So, I would say, 
uh, one of the top two guys, Edwards or Towns, and then Nas Reader are my priorities in this game. Yeah, I mean, if you think this game's going to stay close, I think Anthony Edwards is going to shoot lights out against this Spurs defense. So um, I think this is a great spot for Anthony Edwards. Like, we almost got to, we almost have to get to the point where, like, Anthony Edwards should be in the 10K range because, I mean, this is a guy that scored at least 49 fantasy points in four of the last five games. And he's still 9K. So I think when we're looking at, like, big producers on a nightly basis, like, this is a spot we could take advantage of Anthony Edwards being a little bit too cheap which seems like a crazy thing to say at 9K, but, I mean, he just keeps producing. And, like, he didn't stop shooting in the summer. I mean, like, he was on Team USA and just shot lights out with Team USA and, like, just didn't take a break from lighting up the the net. So, uh, San Antonio side of this game, I mean, Vassell came back last game and only played 12 minutes. I mean, that's a little concerning. I expect him to play a little bit more here. Um I mean, this team's a mess, and like they, they have no idea what they want to do. They obviously want to get Wimby his his minutes and his shots. Um, Keldon Johnson seems like a, a safer option for minutes at this point, but I wouldn't res- recommend trusting anything um, on the San Antonio Spurs side of things. Yeah, right there with you. Um, you know, last time I was on Morning Grind with you, I think it was last week, where Wemby had his first big game against Houston. I was like, you know, really hyping him up, and obviously, you know, not not nothing, not a hot take or anything. Wemby's been very up and down this year, but when he's been up, we've seen him have a couple of monster games. Obviously, that game against Phoenix, where he had 38 actual points, was very impressive. I still think the case is the same, where this is a guy who I think has potential to be a 1.5 fantasy point per minute type guy and he's priced at eight four so obviously you are feeling a little bit like there's a little bit of a potential value there but you do have to wonder about the minutes at times we've seen him you know play 34 plus minutes in games before so in, in games where he can do that i think he'll just crush the price tag but obviously we've seen him you know fail to crack 25 minutes in a couple of games this year as well so there's going to be a lot of you know uh variance in terms of Wemby's uh, range of outcomes. So that's one thing to note there about Spurs. Um, after that, Kelton Johnson, he's also priced pretty cheaply, you know, 6-9. I don't mind that price tag. You know, you kind of figure in games where Wemby goes off, Kelton might take a little bit of a step back there. So obviously you're probably not looking to play those two guys together. Um, but at 6-9, I don't, I don't mind the price tag. And, then, you know, he's a guy as well on uh, Fanduel who can, you know, rack up some some stocks there. So 7-3 on Fanduel isn't a bad price tag. Um, so those two guys, and then, you know, I'm a big Jeremy Sohan fan. I think if there's ever a spot where he's you know, the last guy in my lineup, I don't mind it at all, but he has priced up a little bit right now. His minutes. I mean, the production is there. The minutes are just pop again, pop just, and like the, we really don't have a large sample size of like Spurs keeping games close. That's the problem too. Yeah. Um, so I, I feel like if you're, if you're playing, you know, Edwards and you want to run it back here and you're taking shots on Wimby or, or Johnson or Sohan, like I get it. New Orleans at Houston, two seventeen and a half total in this game. Lowest total that we have on the slate, Houston, two and a half point favorites on the New Orleans side, avocado, Alvarado out, uh, McCollum out, Murphy out, Herb Jones, questionable Zion Williamson, questionable Marshall, doubtful, on the Houston side, Oladipo and Thompson out. Sangoon questionable. A lot of injury news to be paying attention to in this game. A lot of big potential names like Zion being questionable, Sangoon being questionable. Uh, let's start here with New Orleans first. Just the ultimate letdown for everybody that played any of these guys the other night. They were terrible. Robinson Earl came out of nowhere and played 28 minutes for them the other night. Um what are you doing with this Pelicans team after what we watched? And I mean, Houston defense has been playing really solid to start this season. They're ninth in defensive efficiency this year. Yeah, that was the the first thing I was going to mention about Houston. Like, you know, a lot of turnover on that team in terms of who they had on their roster last year compared to this year. But, you know, yeah, their defense has been pretty solid. And, you know, I think everyone likes to pick on Dylan Brooks, but he's been a big part of that. He's, a, you know, been really solid on the defensive end. Van Vliet, good defender. Um, they just got Tari Eason back, who's a pretty solid defender as well. So definitely something to note. And that is a big thing to kind of keep in mind early season NBA is these teams who have had these big shifts, especially defensively. Um, but again, I think this is a good spot to have a short memory if Zion is out. Just because, again, like if if Zion and, Ingr- and, uh, if Zion and McCollum are out, once again, you're expecting a ton of usage for Ingram here. Um, 
He had 35% usage rate last game, 34% in the game before that. And he has failed pretty miserably in both of them, just to be frank. Like he's not had any any sort of uh, no elite production by any means. But whenever you have a guy that's going to have that sort of role and that sort of usage and a guy who is a good scorer specifically, uh, I, I think you just kind of ignore the fact that he has had a couple bad games and you know, you treat him as a strong play once again here. Uh, and he only gets better if the the field is, you know, maybe off of Ingram because of a couple letdown spots or maybe because they are, you know, seeing that Houston has been improved defensively. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a spot where you kind of go right back to Ingram or at least, you know, evaluate him as a really strong play again. Jordan Hawkins, if McCollum and Zion are out again, I think he's uh, in play as a value option. And he's not even necessarily really a value option anymore at 5,600, but I mean, we just have seen this guy just get on the on the court and just not be afraid to shoot the ball. Um, you know, he had 19 shot attempts two games ago. He's had 19-plus shot attempts now in two games and 11-plus shot attempts in five of his last six. So he is you know, not afraid to shoot the ball at all. So if he's going to get additional minutes uh, with the absence of these guys here, um, that's definitely a nice step up for, for him. And same thing goes for Daniels here. You mentioned JRE. Uh, if he is able to you know, project for similar minutes, with uh, the, you know, the same sort of rotation out, Herb Jones, and I think Zion will be the uh, the main two being out that will allow him to play some minutes. I think he's right back in play as a strong option. Uh, he's been a guy who's been a fairly solid permanent uh, producer. I think the Memphis guys have been a little bit better as permanent producers over the course of their careers, but uh, Jerry's also a little bit cheaper. So I think there's going to be a lot of potential uh, strong plays here for uh, the Pelicans, even despite it being a fairly difficult matchup. Yeah, for me to get to to Robinson Earl here, like Zion and Herb Jones needs to be out. Like yeah. that's the only way I trust it. Um, so, but I mean, if they are out at forty three hundred, he's not the craziest idea. Um, I think Daniels. I think like thirty minutes is very like a, a very doable thing for Daniels. But like he's fifty one hundred now. Hawkins is fifty six hundred. Like these guys are going to be popular. So I kind of want to play the ownership game. Um, for New Orleans here and see like who might potentially be a little lower owned on the Houston side of things. Uh, my boy, Jalen green. Finally, we talked about him on the podcast the other night. Finally, Jalen green decided to shoot the ball. Well, going right back to the well on Jalen green in this spot, 6,300 against all these young players for New Orleans. Love this spot for him. The big thing here is like Eason, we, we talked about him the other night. He only played 14 minutes. Does he get a minutes increase here if Sangoon sits? Um, Jabari Smith looks like a fantastic play if Sangoon isn't able to play here. I don't know how much I would trust like any of the other like big men. I, I think that Lindell could play a little bit, but I, I really do think like Jabari or Eason play like the four or five here. Um, and, and like... When you're looking at the New Orleans team, they have Valanciunas, which is like a traditional center. But size-wise, I think they could match up with him. What are your thoughts on Houston? Yeah, I, I like the call out there on Green. You know, he had the 28 actual points in 21 minutes played last game. So that's about kind of time. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of player that he can he can be. Right, he can get hot. He can score. Um, and he he did well on the glass two seven rebounds. I, I do still think that if you are playing him, you need the points. For him to have the ceiling, but you know he demonstrated that he definitely has that upside there. I like the green call. He's still really cheap on Fandle too, sixty five hundred. Um, so I do like him quite a bit over there. Uh, Tar Eason, you mentioned like, kind of like what it would look like if Sangoon was out. I do think that we would see Jabari Smith play quite a bit at the five, um, and maybe even I, I, I would tend to think that he would start there. They do have a couple options. They do have Jock Landale who got time. Uh, as a you know fill in last year a lot for Phoenix they have Jeff Green as well who was, was playing some a little bit uh, early on in the season so maybe they can do a couple weird things if they want to maybe keep Jabari at the four uh, or maybe not give Tari Eason a ton of minutes but if Tari Eason plays 22 plus minutes here he's a he's a, he's definitely in play at 3800 this guy is you know a really strong permanent producer uh, obviously he had a good you know almost a two uh, fantasy point per minute performance in his first game last. Uh, last night and 36% usage rate. These are numbers that are not going to be sustainable, but you know, it goes to show that he is a, a strong producer. So Eason, I would like if we get news that maybe he's going to play 25 minutes or whatever, maybe. So I would just keep an eye out for, uh, for or maybe even if he sneaks into the starting lineup, I would just keep an eye out for Eason news. Totally agree on Jabari if Sangoon is out. I think those two and Jalen Green are my favorite plays from Houston. Yeah, I mean, we got to remember that Eason's a high-energy type of player that provides provides a spark. Um, so, and it was a it was a fracture in his leg, I think. Yeah. So, I I wouldn't be shocked 
like if they increase him a little bit, but don't think like Easton's going to play 30 minutes. I would be shocked if that happens. Okay. Um, I just, I mean, his fantasy point per minute production, he only had one block the other night. This is a guy that can rack up some steals um, and like get there on some defensive stats too. So yeah, really like Easton if he randomly draws a start if Sangoon doesn't play. All right, moving on. We got the Clippers and the Mavs. This game has a 232 total. Dallas, a two-point favorite. Plumley out for the Clippers. Kleber, doubtful and lively questionable for Dallas. We'll start here with the Clippers. I mean, I said it, and I feel like I'm going to say this a lot, but now the pricing is starting to come down a little bit. But with Paul George, Kawhi, James Harden, Westbrook all here, it's really hard to play any of these guys. Uh, we talked about the other night, like Zubak potentially playing a few extra minutes um, with with Plumlee out. That didn't happen. I mean, he played his normal role. Um, and Dallas is not a team that's afraid to go small. So I don't think this is a spot where like Zubak gets 40 minutes. So I just, there's nothing on the Clippers that excites me. Westbrook 7,300 now, like, I mean, if I'm doing anything here, it's taking a shot on like Kawhi or Paul George, but I'm probably staying away from the Clippers for the time being. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be interesting to see um, how this actually goes down here with the Clippers and their rotation, just because of the fact that last game going against the Nets, you were able to sort of run it, run a little bit smaller. Um, you know, so they were able to play PJ Tucker at the five. Uh, but, you know, with, you know, if Derek Lively returns, then with uh, Powell there at the center spot, for the Mavs, maybe they're forced to run a bit bigger, but then again, you know, Dallas has been a team that likes to run small as well. So if it is a spot where Zubac does get more minutes, you know, he could, you know, have a, you know, turn in a pretty solid game here. And he played 29 minutes last game. He had 10 and 10. So I still think I, I wouldn't mind taking a shot at Zubac here, 5,700 and just, you know, hoping that, um, you know, with Powell and, and lively out there, they have a, they want to have a big man out there for a little bit longer. Uh, so Zubac, I still think is pretty interesting. Other than that, pretty much agree with you it's tough to really have a ton of interest in these you know i guess the big four i suppose with uh westbrook harden Kawhi, and paul george so probably won't be you know overweight or really uh, over overly interested in any of these guys in the clippers outside of zubach yeah i mean dallas side of this game too like obviously we love luca and he is someone that has a massive ceiling but i mean his his ceiling drops a little bit with Kyrie playing and Kyrie's ceiling is obviously lower with luca playing I mean, it's tough for me to love the Dallas side of this game. If Lively is back with the sickness, um, illness, um, like maybe you potentially take some shots on him. But I mean, if anything, I'm probably this is a game I just hope kind of stays low scoring. It has one of the higher totals. And I feel like you might like force yourself if you're playing like MMEing like 20 or 150 lineups, like you're going to force yourself into some builds of this game just because of the total. But I mean, me being a single entry or three entry max player, like I just don't see any upside to this game. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, like Luca obviously is. If you wanted to, you know, find him in your lineups, obviously no problem there. It is a very difficult matchup. We'll have to deal with Paul George and Kawhi all game, and it's never fun. But you know, Luca is one of those guys that he. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. He can beat anybody, right? So maybe he gets a little bit uh, of extra juice here going against a potential uh, you know, conference contender there. Um, but, you know, I agree. I think the price is up. And we've talked about a couple guys who are almost 2K cheaper that I, I like 
uh, with a little bit more upside based on their salary. So tend to agree with you there. I think if you aren't playing Luca and Kyrie, though, uh, I do think Tim Hardaway is a fairly interesting play. Obviously, you're going to need someone to score, right? And if 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 uh, uh, Kyrie and Luca, sorry, aren't getting it done, Tim Hardaway is kind of the next in line, right? He's averaging 18 points per game. He's had a couple of games, two games over his last five with 21 plus uh, actual points. So Tim Hardaway, I think, would be a guy who naturally would make sense in lineups if you aren't playing Luca and Kyrie, because if we know if Luca gets going or even if Kyrie gets going, um, they're really going to set you back. So if you're fading those two, naturally, I think Hardaway makes some sense. All right, Thunder and Kings, 225.5 total here. Kings, a one-and-a-half point favorite. Kendrick Williams out for the Thunder. Fox out for Sacramento. Um, same old story that we've had here for the last week or so. We'll start with the Thunder. I, I think this is a, a high-upside SGA spot. You know, this is a guy at 10-5 that it's really tough to pay the price tag, but, like, the usage is massive. Um, I think this is one of those spots he could have a big game because I, I think overall it's a it's a tough spot for Holmgren. Um, like Sabonis isn't the best defender, but like he is a high usage like big man, and like that could potentially lead to Holmgren getting into some foul trouble. We've seen that happen a few times this year. So like I think this is a SGA go bonkers game. I have a ton of interest in in him in tournaments. I think a lot of these other guys are priced appropriately because SGA was out there for a few games and. You know, we, we saw the pricing kind of move around. Um, what are your thoughts on the Thunder? Yeah, pretty much lockstep with you there. Um, SGA, I think, is in a really good spot here. Um, I will say I, I tend to think that the matchup for a guy like SGA when a guy like De'Aaron Fox is out of the game is a little bit better just because of the fact that, you know, De'Aaron Fox is going to try to just run up and down the, the floor as fast as possible. And SGA is more of a, a half-court player. He can kind of do it all, but a little bit better, in my opinion, in the half-court. So I think this actually sets up to be a pretty good spot here for SGA. And you know, to your point, I don't think it's going to be the easiest time for Holmgren. I do think that he's a really good, going to be a really good permanent producer. We've seen some upside from him here. But you know, Josh Giddy, he has just been you know, very unimpressive uh, so far this season. Uh, so I, I do think that if I am looking at a Thunder player, SGA is definitely the guy for me. And then outside of that, there's not a ton of guys that I'm you know overly – thrilled about Jalen Williams has been he hasn't been bad but he hasn't been anything like exciting from a DFS perspective obviously he's playing some really good minutes uh, and he was a really good permanent producer last year so if you wanted to go there you can but I do think that with you know SGA taking up so much of the usage and then with Holmgren you know kind of being added to the rotation we have seen Jalen Williams really take a step back in terms of his role on the team so it's probably just going to be SGA for me from the Thunder side yeah I mean the pricing the pricing just kind of forced you to either pay up for SGA or you know, hope that none of these guys have one of those like big games. So, um, I mean, at the end of the day, like we are a first look podcast, you're going to have five, six of these studs and try to narrow it down. And like SGA is going to be on that list. And you're just going to try to figure out like, if there's any injuries that like make someone else a better player or something. Uh, the, the King side of this game, you know, it has been kind of a mess with Fox out. I still think like Malik Monk is the high upside guy. Like he shot over seven from three the other night, four for 16 and scored 46 fantasy points. Like he finally had that like upside game against Portland. I like his price at 6,000. I think that he's obviously someone we should be looking at. Uh, Davion Mitchell continues to start, but he's just not a high producer. We've, we've talked about this for years. I could see Sabonis having a good game against the young front court for the Thunder. Um, uh, but I think Monk is the guy I'm looking at. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think Monk's probably the upside value play here. You know, we saw Keon Ellis get the start last game, but then he didn't play any in the fourth quarter. Didn't play in the overtime. It was Davion Mitchell to play there. So I, I'm not really sold on, uh, Keon Ellis here as a value option just because, you know, even in the start, he didn't really play a whole lot there and he wasn't, you know, in the closing lineup or anything like that. So a little bit of a concern there if you are looking to, you know, if he does start, he might not even start again, to be honest, but, you know, 3,900 there. He played 21 minutes, so it wasn't horrible, but you are probably looking for a little bit more upside for a guy who's starting and we've talked about a couple of value guys there. So other than that, like, I pretty much think that we're in lockstep there with Malik Monk. Um, a couple of these guys have just been, uh, you know, looking – Absolutely terrible. I don't know if you saw it, but Malik Monk was like tweeting about, um, you know, fans and their parlays and then Kevin Herter backed him up and, and then a bunch of prop betters were just roasting them. So that was pretty funny, I guess. They were, they were doing it respectfully. So it was funny, but Herter had a good game last time out. Obviously the OT helped, but I just don't think that, you know, 
outside of Monk, I'm looking at a ton of these wings with a, a ton of upside here. Good old Kevin Herter, baby. Um, yeah. 39 minutes the other night was big for him. Like that's yeah. a that's what you want to see if you're rostering him. So um, I know again it was an overtime, but I mean if you're playing 39, you get five minutes of overtime. You still play 34 minutes of regular time. So yeah. uh, that's what you've been wanting. That's what we all been wanting from from Herter. So I mean, like Harrison Barnes is going to have games from time to time, but like he's not cheap enough for me to like roster him on most lineups. Yeah, agreed. All right, finishing out Lakers at Phoenix, 222.5 total here. Phoenix, a four-point favorite. Um, biggest news on the slate is going to be Anthony Davis questionable. Hayes is questionable as well. Vanderbilt and Vincent remain out, and then Booker and Lee out uh, for Phoenix in this one. We'll go Lakers first. I mean, Anthony Davis' news is huge, um, you know, because this is a great game overall. This is going to be a very competitive basketball game. You know, we saw him miss the other night, and – Lakers just not show up against that tough Houston defense. Uh, I think they ended up losing that game by like 34 points. Uh, what do you like here for the Lakers? Yeah, like you mentioned, it's going to be coming down to a lot of this news, right? Um, if he is out, if Anthony Davis is out, I think LeBron makes a lot of sense as a you know really strong play here. We kind of got pump faked by the media there after the first game of the year when they came out and said, LeBron's only going to play 29 minutes a game. Uh, he has not played fewer than uh, 30 minutes uh, 33 minutes in a non-blowout game uh, sense. So that was a little bit of a of a troll comment there by the LeBron camp there. So, you know, expecting him, even though, what is he, you know, in year 21 now, year 20, um, still just playing massive amounts of minutes. And, you know, if AD is out, he makes a lot of sense, as does Christian Wood. At 5,800, the price is still, you know, cheap enough. Honestly, last game, I think you just have to throw out the window. They got blown out. None of these guys played their full amount of minutes. I, I would say LeBron probably played eight fewer minutes than he would have in a close game. So if you're assuming that for the rest of the rotation, uh, Christian Wood probably would have played about 30 minutes. We know that he's a guy who can definitely be a, over a one fantasy point per minute guy. And at you know sub 6K, he makes a lot of sense if AD is out once again. So those are the two main guys for me there. Um, you know, In terms of having D'Angelo Russell in the player pool, I think that is totally fine. He's a guy who will get a slight uptick in usage there. Uh, with no Anthony Davis. So I, I would say those three for the Lakers are my main interests. Yeah, if Davis sits, definitely going back to one Christian Wood. Um, he played seven minutes in the second quarter and didn't check back in in the fourth quarter. So we assume that like he would have played seven or eight minutes in the fourth quarter to match the second quarter. So like you yeah. said, right at 30 minutes. Um, I think Hachimura is interesting here. Like he came back and he looked really good and he played 26 minutes and like he played a little bit of garbage time in the fourth quarter. Um, like five minutes of that run was garbage time. But like, do we really know if that would have been like him coming off the floor anyway? So um, if we look at Hachimura's like first half, he ended up playing like 13 minutes in the first half, 12, 12 and a half minutes in the first half. So like that puts him right along with like 25 minutes. So like if Anthony Davis is out, he's going to play 25 minutes ish. I think he's going to be a high usage guy. When we look at like, when you look at the second unit, like Cam Reddish, um, Max Christie, I, I'm trying to feel, like, think about who else they play on that second unit. But like, what I'm trying to say is like his usage is going to be really solid on that second unit. And if he's playing really well, do they let him close over like a Torian Prince type of play? Uh, so I think Hachimara is super interesting in large field tournaments. But I'm with you. Um, if Anthony Davis sits, I think there's a lot of potential with Christian Wood. Um you know, you just kind of hope. And, like, obviously, LeBron just keeps doing his thing. That game the other night was a blowout. I think this game's going to be competitive. Gets to play against his old buddy Kevin Durant here. So, um, like the potential for for both sides of this game. Going to the Phoenix side, Bradley Beal came back, uh, played his first game of the season, 24 minutes. I was really close. I said 25 minutes um, for Beal the other night. So, I was really close. Not going to play him at 7K. Um, Durant at 10-2 is always going to be in the list for me. I think this is a game he shows up for. Potentially has a big game. But the guy that keeps benefiting from Booker being out is Grayson Allen. Like, I think we have to take notice of Grayson Allen and his role. Um, I mean, Eric Gordon as well. Like, he just shot terrible against Chicago the other night. I, I think this is a spot you could take some shots on Grayson Allen um, if you're not taking shots on Durant. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, in terms of the one game sample that we have with uh, Beal returning, Durant's usage was down a little bit, but you know that could easily just be 
a one game sample type deal there. So I wouldn't be too concerned with that. Uh, I probably not getting to a ton of Kevin Durant here. You know, there's a lot of guys in that price range that we've already talked about that. I think I prefer slightly, but um, I think he's totally fine. I like the call there on Allen 5,800. He's just been playing a lot of minutes and he's been, he's just been really good and producing and, you know, all, all of the, all the stat categories pretty much. Um, Kata Bates, yeah, he also played 31 minutes last game. Um, so that game was an overtime game. So keep that in mind as well. So probably 26, 27 minutes, but, uh, price has gone up a little bit, not necessarily the, the biggest of, uh, efficient fantasy point per minute type perform performers. So, uh, I don't think you need to go overboard there, but he could potentially be in the player pool. And then, um, I think that's pretty much it in terms of my interest for, uh, the Suns guys. You can't play Beal yet. I don't think, um, Durant, I think, is always fine, but I think I, I do prefer some other spend-ups here. Um, so I, I think after that, it's mainly just taking some shots on some of these potential value plays like uh, KBD and and uh, Grayson Allen there. I was looking at Nurkic playing, um, I think he played like 30, 38 minutes the other night. Like I was looking at game flow, and like they basically just had Nurkic out there as much as Vooch played. Um, so yeah. I think that something to put in the back of our heads for like – you know, high, high minute, like centers going up against Phoenix, like Nurkic might get like run in that type of scenario. I don't know if this is necessarily a spot. Um, so just something to remember when we're, um, you know, going through the season kind of thing. So, all right, let's play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here. We'll use DraftKings pricing and scoring favorite play under 5,000 to go seven X. Who do you got to go seven X? Yeah, I think uh, either Memphis guy is a pretty good option, but I'm going to go with Santi Aldama here. I think the reason I like him a little bit more over Biombo is just because I think he's going to be a little bit easier to get in the lineups because he has that uh, power for eligibility. Hold on, I'm trying to... Like, this is no joke, people. What is <laughs> happening? Like, this happened so much the other night, too. Like, uh, we have these big NBA slates, and we're on the same value, guys. So, uh, kudos to you. I'm on the same guy. I will go... Man. I wasn't ready. I, I was like, there's no way he's going to pick him. And of course you pick him. Um, I'll go. Mine's a little bit riskier. I want Anthony Davis to be out for mine, but give me Hachimura here at 4,600 for 7X. Uh, over 8K to go under 5X. Who is your bust? I think there's a couple options here that you can take, but I'm going to go with, uh, and a lot of them come from the same team, to be honest, but I'm going to go with James Harden here. Uh, I, I think the reason why I go Harden over some of the other Clippers guys is because I think he's a little bit more scoring dependent. If he doesn't have the you know the the points output, he can you know fall behind a little bit more. So I go with Harden there. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you on Harden. I don't have really anything that I like. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm trying to decide if I want to go Kawhi or Paul George. Uh, give me Paul George at 8,800. I just again this there's too many too many mouths to feed uh, yeah. for the for the Clippers right now. Uh, favorite 6X play, who do you got? This one was tough. There's a couple of guys that I really liked in the mid-range, um, but ultimately I think I'm going to drop down in price a little bit here. I'm going to go with Jabari Smith, 5,900. Honestly, whether or not Sengun plays, I like him, but I'm I'm assuming there's a, you know at least a, a remote chance that Sengun is out here. So I'm going to go with Jabari Smith, maybe get a little bit more time at the five if Sengun does sit. But regardless, under 6K, I like him quite a bit here. I'm gonna go Anthony Edwards. I mentioned it when we were talking about it. I think he, I think he's underpriced, and which is crazy because he's nine k. Yeah. But I, I think Anthony Edwards is underpriced. Um, you know, good matchup against San Antonio, over fifty fantasy points in three straight, and just absolutely shooting lights out right now. And like the assist rate is going up for Anthony Edwards, and like that is a product with like Cat being healthy. Um, that's the biggest thing for him. Uh, let's get weird. GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Yeah, so uh, in terms of getting weird, I, I guess I don't know if this quite fits the mold because I don't think he's the weirdest play, but I don't think many people are going to play him. I think he could be sub 3%, uh, and I talked about how he's been really bad so far this season, or maybe not really bad, but he's been pretty inconsistent. I'm going to go with Tyus Jones here. I think that this game is going to be a pretty good one from a fantasy perspective. He's 5,500, um, so I think just from the sense of him being very low owned on a fairly large slate, uh, I think that's weird enough, so I'm going to go with Tyus Jones. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Green hasn't got any ownership this year, but I don't know if he's a let's get weird GPP play of the day. Um, I really like Jalen Green today, but I don't know, like, ownership-wise, if that fits the mold. I'm going to go a little different today. I'm going to go Keldon Johnson. I like some of these Minnesota players. I want to run it back with a spur. 
Yeah. I'm hoping we get like a big, like 15 plus shooting night, like type of attempt night for Keldon Johnson tonight. And I, I think that's what I'm going to be looking at. Um, so I, I like this spot for him. So I'll go with him for my, let's get weird GPP play of the day. We do have um, some props up. We do have some pick and plays up. So we will play the pick them or prop or bet. If you like a team total or something for the morning grind, uh, what do you like? Uh, throwing it at you here um let me do you have a pick uh, ready to go because i, I want to pull up to see if there's any lines or anything right now yeah i mean i i really like the um mark williams rebounding total it's at eight and a half um from a couple places that i saw it got in foul trouble the other night i think this is a nice bounce back spot for mark williams i'm gonna go over eight and a half rebounds for mark williams in this spot I like that. Um, I'm going to go with Cade, uh, Cade Cunningham over 23 and a half points. I know the line's up a little bit. He's, he's been a guy who's kind of been hovering around 21, 22 points, but it's not the easiest of matchups, but Philadelphia also not as good defensively as they've been over the past couple of years. And like I mentioned, uh, just that that usage that Cade has had recently, especially with these other guards out. So I'll go Cade over 23 and a half. Solid stuff. Kyle, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, I would just say, you know, make sure you guys are staying up to date with the uh, the projections and all that injury news because there's going to be a lot of it leading up to the games here. There's going to be a lot. Again, we're a First Look podcast. We try to give you our first thoughts here on the slate and adjust throughout the day. Like, just adjust, adjust, adjust. Yep. Hope everyone has a fantastic weekend. If you're looking for the NFL podcast, we recorded it yesterday. So that is up on the podcast feed. I am off for a week. I'll be back in... Uh, a little over 10 days so hope everyone enjoys um tj hosting hopefully he remembers to hit the live button appreciate everyone hanging out with us over there on youtube have a great weekend we'll be back on monday talk to you then